Okay, well, welcome everyone to the first episode of The Miles Driven with me, Miles. And me, Sam. Uh, so today we've got a few things to talk about. First off, I've decided to take the reins and I want to talk about a car that I was looking at buying just because Sam will have a good laugh and uh, it'll be interesting for all of you. So I wanted to buy something that was zero tax and used and I wasn't going to spend a lot of money. I was looking for something well, like £1,500, £2,000, so cheap. Uh, for those of you that don't know Miles, you won't know about his interesting second-hand car. I haven't. I haven't always history. bought the best vehicles. Yeah. Uh, More vehicles, really. Um, I'm not sure I even call them vehicles. Well, they they were left leaking on your driveway yeah. or in fluid or most of the time. Terrifying the life out of you. On, 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 on. Yeah, there, there was been, there's been some real stories which we will get to in another podcast, but. For this podcast, what I wanted to talk about is, that is an interesting one because I had looked around for ages and I had found myself a Volvo, which excited Sam no end because he was going to have to take me to get it, uh, C30 with a 1.6 diesel drive E engine or drive engine. But it, it it's essentially it was zero tax, 84 miles to the gallon and it had done 160,000 miles with full service history. Which Sam had a good laugh at. But what is it you said to me about the 84 miles per gallon that you thought was, in your words, achievable? I think, and uh, if we're able to get hold of one of these, and I think I'd like to do this with a Gulf Blue Motion as well, I think with a little bit of tape we could get 100 miles per gallon on, on, a, on, a, on, a, okay. on a very sensible run. What, the car turned off going no, down the hill? I think. I, I've thought about this. It, uh, so you go, you go onto the M1, and about junction three, there's the services. So start there, come out onto the M1, and do a hundred miles to take you roughly to Leeds, just shy of Leeds, and stop there. I reckon with some duct tape that we can get a hundred miles per gallon. We'd probably have to follow a lorry, but I think that would be the most interesting drive that we've ever had. Because if you think about it. When you're on an economy drive, it's it's something like a performance drive. It's just the complete opposite. <laughs> complete opposite and boring. But you have to constantly think it. Constantly think. I mean, you anyone who's ever done an economy, anyone who's ever tried to get, you know, you, you've only got 20 miles of fuel left and you think, I live 15 miles away. And all you've got... normal. No, no, okay. If what you, isn't normal is buying a car that has a max range of 85 miles per gallon going... I can easily get 100 out of this oh, well, if I, I just gaffer tape the entire <laughs> car together. I'm, which, ironically, is how most of your cars tend to arrive held together. <laughs> I'm not saying that it will have. Work. I'm not saying it will get 100 miles per gallon all the time. I just think it's possible to get 100 miles per gallon at least once. And that would. Yeah, I, well, I think it's possible. What happens when you break down? So I actually had. And which at, years ago. Uh, when I was selling cars, I had an Audi TT that I'd been given for about a month, two months, and it had a fuel gauge that was sometimes optimistic and sometimes didn't work. And I was coming back, I was coming back from Derby, I'd gone to go and see, I think actually my name was in Nottingham at the time, but I had been driving down the M1 and I had zero miles left. But the problem was that I had a quarter of a tank as I passed the services. And then I had zero miles about two miles afterwards. And I thought, well, okay, I'll be very sensible in the throttle. I'll just be very, very light and everything will be okay. 
you just said like sensible, sensible thing to bring to pull over and fill up, knowing that you've had an issue with the fuel. But where can I go? I was two miles past the services. I mean, you should have stopped when you got to the services, thinking, well, I'm getting towards the end mm. of the tank here. No, no. This was a, bear in mind when I was just in the motor trade. You didn't give anyone a caution for a tank. If, if you got a car with an eighth of a tank, you would stretch that out. You're not paying your own money if you can. Did you make it? So I got to. Uh, 500 yards shy of junction 15 of the M1, where there's a 15A of the M1, where there's a services, and felt the splutter, and then it shut up on me. And I immediately put it into neutral and thought, if I can just roll, and I did manage, genuinely I managed to roll all the way to the service, down the slip road, into the services. I left it at the back of the services to have, have no rolling motion left to get me any further. And... Uh, when I got back to the car, a police car was waiting to buy it because they had seen me roll into the services very slowly, stop at the back, get out and walk into the darkness because there was a gap between the service area and the petrol station. So I essentially walked off into some bushes. And when I came back, they saw me walking and then realised that I had got a jerry can from the petrol station full of petrol and realised my... I assume they, they saw that I was not the sort of chap that had stolen it. And so decided that uh, I wasn't worth their time. They drove off before I got there. And it's small insight into attitude when it comes to cars <laughs> and money. Do you know the best thing about that day was human kindness? <laughs> the guy in the petrol station I walked into, he was busy as well. I said to him, have you got any jerry cans for sale? And he saw me, he pointed me over, and he saw me looking, and I found two of the scabbiest looking jerry cans that have been retailed to humankind. I thought, and they were five pounds. So I was like, I, I want to put the five pounds worth of petrol in them and then never use them again. So he actually looked at me and he said, if you just want to use it once, I've got one round the back. And he let me borrow his jerry can, go and fill my car. So it wasn't so much human kindness as someone taking pity on the I random think teenager that had just appeared out of the bushes <laughs> at a service station. I really think he had genuinely taken a lot of pity on me because I... He was probably it, terrified that you were going to burn the place down. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I suppose as well. I, did, I mean, I didn't clearly have car keys on me or anything. They just sort of appeared out of nowhere. But the, the point for me was about this Volvo. Is I looked at it, looked at the service industry, I thought, that's interesting. And I do do some trips into London. And I thought, being a zero-tax car, forget about all the, the, um, the additional charges that you'll get, that I'll be fine because it won't be, it'll be you less compliant. If it's zero to tax a year... It turns out what the government have decided that is that as much as they backed you years ago to go and buy a diesel, and if you've got a diesel and you've got one that's really efficient, they won't recharge you. Now you're going to be slammed with the US charge, even if it is, I think it's 99 grams of CO2 a mile or whatever whatever the thing is to get it into zero. And I don't look around and I thought, it makes no sense. Ten years ago they were telling people, buy a diesel, buy a diesel, buy a diesel. Now you look at buying one 10 years old, admittedly, most people have moved on with their lives and they're looking at a five-year-old car and not a... Actually, it was 10 years old, uh, 11 years old now. Um, well, it's practically brand new for you if you're looking at buying cars. I'm trying to think how old the last car was. I think when I bought the last car I had, it was only 12 years, uh, 13 years, uh, 14 years old. It did need some remedial work, but, um, which in the end turned into colossal remedial work, and, and it was gone. So that was the end of that. But um, 
But it was just a point to me that if they can have so much support for it now, then we, we get onto the issue of electric cars where there's a lot of government support at the minute. But Volkswagen will let you charge your car for free at a Tesco if you've got Volkswagen. You can drive into the congestion zone for free. True, but the congestion zone is just confusing. Oh, it is. Now, especially because no one you... knows where the unit zone is. Also, it tells you it's there, but it doesn't tell you if you have to pay it. No. I assume it's like dark charge. You just carry on driving and then receive a bill in 10 days. So is that what you you've, get? Been, you've been here. Is that what you get? If you, don't, you have to pay the dark charge in advance. This online. is for going over the dark yeah. channel. If yeah. you don't pay, you yeah. get, I think it's, I don't know, so I think it's 24, 48 hours to pay afterwards. Yeah. And then they just send it to you. Excellent. So there's no queue. I didn't even Which know. is great. You know, and, and but there's also not that really fun bit where you get to all charge through the toll thing. I think I've told you this story before where I got to the Dartford Tunnel again when I was in the most trade and I'd picked up a car. I'd taken a train all around Tunbridge Ways. I had to walk the last three miles because I didn't know where the dealer was. And I think, I think for whatever reason, my phone had either didn't have a signal or had directed me in the wrong place or something like that. And... It was dark, it was late, I'd been, been travelling the entire day, and when I got to the Dartford Tunnel, my manager had told me, if you can get a receipt, we'll pay you back from the Dartford Tunnel. It's only a few quid, and I thought, well, I'll get a receipt then. Pulled up to the window, I said, is this a window I can get a receipt at? And the bloke went, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I gave him some money, he went, okay, bye-bye. I said, can I have a receipt? So we don't do receipts. <laughs> it's just like, cheers, mate. I could have paid it digitally. I would have a, a thing to give my employer. It's a sign of a man not paid much, so it doesn't Yeah, basically. But, um, but no, I mean, I, if I was driving a car into anywhere inside the M25 or the Mercedes, I, I don't think I'd know where I had to pay and where I didn't have to pay if I didn't Google it. But I assumed that the congestion charge was just if I want to drive that much on the street. Yes, this, this is my naivety. I, I think I don't know this US charge. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it applied. I think the congestion charge is fairly well signed if you're going through it. Because I've been down to Maid Vale before and been very, very close to it, but known like that, seeing the congestion charge yeah, signed. Yeah, but the US signs are just there. But the, just, I mean, and the US we were driving past Heathrow, and it was literally just on the dual carriageway between us. Oh yeah, it that's just said you are now in the US. I've, I've only ever been. That means and they give you free sweets. Yeah, but you know, there's a les zone as well. There's a low emission zone, um, an ultra low emission zone, and a congestion charge zone. So just get the train. And get along with it. So that they're, what they're doing is they're really what <laughs> because people like me will just get the train. But you can say that if you want to go and drive through the middle of Birmingham, which is basically a motorway anyway. Well, I don't know if you have to go through the middle of Birmingham, then you've got a problem because they charge now, but they only charge certain diesels or older petrols, but. I can't figure out which ones. They have a list on the side of the motor. No, they don't in. say if you've got a 2009 such and such <laughs> that you can come through, but if you've got a 2003, there's another issue with the ULIS is that some cars get. So Audi S3, I used to have one. You like the, the, the S3. Yeah, you like my S3. You've looked at getting one. If you buy, this was the, the older one for anyone listening to this, this was the 8L chassis, which is like 99. To about 04, 04, uh, 03? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, if you buy a 1999 one or a January or February 2000, you can't go through the ULA zone because it's an EU3 car. And people can check this out. I, I looked in great detail at this because I found a really nice 99 one that I wanted to buy. 
But if you buy 2000 onwards, then it's no UMES charge. Not great if you live in the edge of London and, and want to, and really, really need to know, because to me, I would say they're the same car. So, yeah, but to have to leave one thing to live on the edge of London, you don't like living in the great areas. Well, also, I do have to go to London sometimes, and I don't really get a choice where I go in London. Um, okay, well, we can we can move on from that. I, I just thought it was a good point to bring up, because at the minute, you're incentivised Buy an electric car, buy an electric car, buy an electric car. And you'll be yeah, always just going to change those now because it was buy a diesel car, buy a diesel car, buy a diesel car. Now it's buy a new petrol car, buy a new petrol car. Yeah. Because they're all one litres. They're all one litres. Well, they're all one litres until two litres. Yeah. Now it's buy an electric car, buy an electric car. Until okay. somebody comes up with why they're ruining life and poisoning the atmosphere. Isn't the. Aren't you going to get charged soon for having an electric car in the congestion zone? Yes. What year is it? So in 2025, so enjoy the next three years of driving around. So you buy a car today, if you live in the centre of London. You won't have paid it off. No, you won't. By the time that you (laughs) start paying to drive it anyway. But then then you'll have that changed on you and you have to pay, is it 15? Is it 15? Yes, it is. 15 pounds a day? Yes, and then 12, 15. So if you drive outside, so you... I don't think you'll get, well you won't get the ULEDs charge. No. Because you're... You have to be Euro emissions four petrol, Euro emissions six diesel, and then I guess all electric cars. That's what but I mean, it's it. still one of the major savings that it's as an electric car. You can drive anywhere. Yeah, it's the tax. For free. It, it's you don't have to pay to yeah. move something that you're already paying to own. Yeah, through a street. Ask anyone who's seen their company car tax list uh, of what they can have, and if there's a Tesla on there, or maybe well, yeah, yeah. because it's just. I mean, I mean, it's like some people buy it just for the the interest of having it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's, who, who, how many people are buying an electric car for the very first time? There's a lot. Well, my, my, my mate at work's dad got a, I think it was a Model 3, no, I don't know, I think it was an S actually, on his company car list. Okay. Got it and had those, I don't know if seen the horrible plastic hubcaps. Oh, really? Wheels. Okay. So they he took them off yeah. just to do cleaning and found some really nice rims underneath, but it's not detailed that you get those. So unless you just took them off, you wouldn't see that you had. So the, I don't see the point in having rings if you're just going to cover them. So I guess what looks like something you get in Pergo two hundred six. Yeah, I guess what they're trying to do is they're trying to make the airflow efficient. So they weren't on designing a ring. Yeah, I know. It's just, or, or, well, I suppose because Tesla didn't make the wheel. They probably went to someone yeah. and said, "Can we have a wheel?" And then, or, or maybe they did design it. You know, maybe someone someone can tell us. Um, okay, but yeah, I, I thought that was a, a very valid point just because. I was only looking for a run around and I thought, well, that would be a good idea. And then realised that um, actually, it was, especially if I started taking it to London once or twice a week. It Somehow would... we tangented up you buying a knackered old Volvo that will break if we didn't have it to debating the electric cars going through the US. Yeah. Well, but if you just circle back to remind everyone we were talking about not buying a Volvo. Well, to be fair, if we were talking about recent cars I was going to buy, we drove. 130 miles into the, where were we, in the, the Peak District. Was it the Peak District we were in? Peak District. And turned up to look at a Mini, which I decided I wanted to buy, even though... Not just a Mini, what was it? It's a Mini Cooper S Checkmate. And the Checkmate has limited slip there. And the Checkmate being what the bloke thought he was going to say to me when yeah. he'd driven 150 miles to buy a Macro. Yeah, it really was. Um, it had some of the strangest things on it that were not in the pictures. True. 
the, I don't the main thing might be that was but the engine was hot. That was really, and I told you the guy messaged me the next day and said I've checked and there's oil in it. And I was like, well, I, I dipped it three and times. So said to you, that's not been driven to rain on. And it was just roasting, 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 roasting. To touch. Must have been the hottest October day, just <laughs> just in that particular area. This man used to just stand in his driveway with a magnifying glass. Do you remember he had? There was a, a red bit on the exhaust. It looked like there was a red yes. silencer or catalytic yeah. converter that had just been. Standard, standard that one. Yeah, it was very That's been there since I got it. Very, very strange. So and the fact that the guy saying it wasn't there and it was his mate made to drive. But he didn't feel very well, so he couldn't come near us or yes. talk to us. So he just gave the old uh, classic excuse of COVID. Yeah, and um, COVID symptoms, which which I would accept if he genuinely looked ill, but he looked he fine. He just on day's work. I mean, well, I he had he, his work clothes on. Was he work here? Um, okay. But no, we can move on to that because there's another thing I want to talk about. And I, I wrote this on the Miles Driven uh, website, which you can go and visit. It's themilesdriven.com. And it's, <coughs> plug. Yeah. I can say it again. Pre- <laughs> I'll probably say it a couple of more times just, just to get it in there. Yeah, write it on the header. Write yeah. it on the footer. Yeah. Use it as a thumbnail. The main description. Visit the website. Yeah. <laughs> um, was the, so I wrote a, a news story on this about how manufacturers are creating rarity. So we all know there's a chip shortage. We all know that it's not that easy at the minute to get hold of uh, a brand new car. Every car, I've been on a lot of car websites, I don't know if you've seen this, but they all have a warning on them telling you there's a shortage. Yes. So that if you I went, mean, we we went to try and help my mum out, didn't we? We went to the D's oh, because you wanted to beat some of D's on the prices. Do you know what? I mean, there's there's probably a whole other podcast in that. So there there we'll really is. Maybe we'll save that for the time. No, we, we, we definitely... The standard excuse was, we're not giving you anything because we can't get any more cars to replace this car. We'll send it to you, so you have to pay full price for it. But what was remarkable, and, and I'll only touch on this because we'll save this one for another podcast, was that was at one particular manufacturer that I have actually a good relationship with, that particular dealer as well. And we'll definitely save the name of that for later. Yes. That's coming in my section in the show. Um, but the fact that we went to, she bought a Volkswagen in the end, and when we went there and we talked to them, they were completely different. And Volkswagen yes. sold the most number of cars in the UK in 2021. And I'm not surprised because they were and actually going to put some training into the staff segment. Uh, just, just in terms of how different they are. And it's very fast. And surprisingly fast. Yeah. On the, well, considering the size. I say easy, I drove it. But it's like, yeah. very this was what considering I it's not GT. Yes, considering it's not. Um, but there is, and again, there is a, an article actually written on that car on the Miles Driven, so anyone wants to check that out. Yeah. I wonder if we can get that. Maybe. Maybe we can give people a, a loyalty card. Every time they hear one, they can stamp it. Yes, and get a free visit to the website. <laughs> so, um, at the minute, I think, uh, uh, the story I did was a lot of manufacturers are talking about if you want to buy uh, one of their petrol high-performance cars, V8 or whatever else, you need to go and do it now. As if you need to run to the dealer right this minute because they're going to stop selling them tomorrow. And a lot That's of why. Them... Oh yeah, yeah. If you if you if you want a V8, you need to get your checkbook out. Which is a car. Right, you just want a car. <laughs> yeah. But there's this thing about we're not going to stop in 2025 selling uh, cars that are petrol, and actually. They're not saying that. What they're saying is in 2025, we're going to stop producing new development into electric cars. So they'll still sell hybrids and everything else. Bearing in mind that 
some of the cars and you think the Range Rover is usually does a ten year life cycle. You mean production cars or like using production if you meant Sorry, I did mean petrol, yeah. So and, and diesel, I mean unfortunately for, for anyone who's a diesel lover, uh, I mean I, I don't with the current prices of fuel, I don't see the need for well, you are getting more for your gallon. You are. Um, but but then you're paying more you for it. You're still paying more. And petrol is slowly coming down now, I think, so the last few years. Yeah. So, I, when the, what, I mean, six months ago, they were practically even, even in price. Yeah. So at that point, only the diesel was great. But there's yeah. more you have to spend on maintenance. Yeah. But then it, I suppose if you're still, this is the interesting thing for me. If you're someone out there that does 20,000 miles a year, default 10 years ago, buy a diesel. Oh, it was course. just a default. If you do yeah. 20,000 plus uh, buy diesel, unless you are a committed petrol head, and really kudos to you for, for sticking with something like an M5 or something wild like that. But, you, know, you go and buy a cheap one litre Fiesta, and it's going to give you what a 10 year ago diesel will give you. Oh, easy. Well, there'll be more. The, so at that point, why wouldn't you just buy petrol? They're quieter when they get older. There's less fumes coming out the back, and you can see. And smell. Uh, yeah. a, a diesel and car smell. Just the, yeah. you know, the noise of an engine. It doesn't yes. sound like you're driving a knackered old John Deere down the road. And, and if you go up to a drive through in November, I, I remember being in a friend's car who had the diesel. It was Michael's car. He um, bought an Astra about 10 years ago. I was going to say, I don't think I've owned more than no. one diesel. Uh, and he went to the drive and it was so clattery, this diesel, against the wall <laughs> that the woman on, couldn't hear what he was shouting <laughs> and he had to turn his engine off. But no, I could see, and, and some diesels, I drove a couple of V6 diesels and V8 diesels, and I, I think, yeah, Range Rover with a V8 diesel, I can completely see the arguments for that. Yeah, I think any larger car. It suits that have, power. Yeah, especially the newer the newer style diesels that you can get in just off the cuff, you know, like the T8s and the Conway. They don't rail. sound as yeah. bad. Yeah, the second Volkswagen switched to Common Rail, they, they, they really smoothed out both the power. My the fans. It was a Common Rail. Yeah. Yeah, because it well yeah, it was two hundred sixty. That was beast, as you know, from driving. That was that was one point six low power caddy. I think it was eighty five horsepower. A beast. You got to sixty at some point this week if you're going downhill and you've got a good wind. Fortunately, you never had that thing laden up with a lot of weight, but uh, well, all tools in general. No, it had your house in the back of it once. Yes, you did help me move. Uh, Well, I say move, nick stuff out the storage shed. Probably the most work it did. Yeah, well, we had to. Got me to a job, though. Just didn't have any stuff in the corner, job. That's true. I had my own stuff there. Um, but going back to the creating rarity, I, I, th- I, I just find it a bit disingenuous. If you're selling today, uh, and, and I've called out a couple of manufacturers that are doing it, I think all manufacturers are doing it, and I don't think it's fair to just you know, aim at one. It's like the diesel gate stuff where people say, oh, well, Volkswagen are cheating. Mm. The study I saw was that they tested a lot of different manufacturers, and a lot of them suddenly had a lot of updates or recalls to do. Uh, they just weren't the, the sacrificial value for the uh, yeah for the press something for the media, and uh, and you know it's helped Volkswagen I suppose shift into electric because yeah, they, they've had the reasons. Well, always coming up in conversations. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, no, no press is bad press and all that no. stuff. But no, I do. I just don't like. I don't like the idea that if you want to buy something, for example, if you want to get yourself um, Audi RS3, yeah, it's a lot of money. But if you want one for the five cylinder, you're still going to be able to buy one in four years. 
And to be fair to Audi, they haven't said you won't, but it's just an example of something. If there's a performance car out there in your head, I, and, and actually, I'm going to call that really good from Toyota because they're bringing the GR86. So you remember the GT86, the yes. original two-litre coupe, manual gearbox, not not low. That power. also was a Subaru as well. It was a Subaru BRZ. Yes. No, and I think I think they're doing the same collaboration, but we won't get to in the UK. That's surprising. No, I know. Yeah, because <laughs> you never. I remember being a Subaru dealer. I remember interviewing a Subaru dealer when they were selling them. I was like, oh, how did you get me BRZs through? He said, no, I've never seen one. Never seen one. I'll quickly just touch on one problem with that type of car. Yes. Is it that it's designed for people of... Designed for people of our age and younger. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the sort of younger generation that are interested in sporty car that can handle that as opposed to what they want. Of like a Ferrari, which obviously they want. Yeah, they want rear wheel drive, they want manual gearbox. They're priced out of the market. With so, anything nice. Even I, now looking at second hand stuff, you're still priced out of the market if you haven't got over 10 grand to spend for something good. I mean, you could go buy a bit of Tata. Are we talking about the used grand. market here? Yeah. Yes. So you could go, I mean, we can touch on the new market, but I mean, new market, you're always going to be spending a lot of money and you lose that as soon as you take it right in. Yeah. So I'd always say get something that's one or two years old. Yeah. Anyway, because you yep. do, you, you've lost the depreciation, the immediate depreciation. The ATs from the same. But you could go and buy, you know, the top of my head, the BXR or something like that for five grand. Okay. It's going to have a hundred and twenty thousand miles at yeah. least. Yeah. You don't. It's going to have four, maybe five, some potential question values. Yes. So stuff's going to start breaking. Yes. You're going to so need it. At that point, you're not buying that unless you want to spend some money restoring it. And again, Focus STs on that age, as the equivalent, yeah. are now really expensive because of the five pop, and people really want to tuck away yeah. something that's a bit special, and they're buying up, I mean, some of the STs. I remember looking at, oh, it's just insane. I mean, send me one of the days. It looked like someone designed it with Crayola Crayon. Oh, God, that person uh, done some fantastic work on their car, yeah. I mean, to their, to their taste. There's nothing, I don't think, under, I mean, you might be able to come back at me with something immediately, but under 10. For something, if you want a nice car, right, not necessarily talking new, but a, a nice car that's fast, sporty, and good to drive. While Sam's saying this, I am just going to have a quick look at Austria. I'm just wondering whether you could get so off the top cheap... of my head, I'm thinking Audi S3. Audi S3 would be, let's say, let's you'd say be looking seven. quite old. Audi S3, not going to find one, even of the old ones that we just talked about. You say old and high mileage for that budget. For, in for, we're talking condition, I'm talking something that you can have fun in and drive. Yeah. And not have to worry that every month you're going to have to need to replace something that's been. And £10,000, that's where. Right, so yeah. Seven to ten, let's say. Um, so you've got an Audi S3, Astra VXR, Focus ST. I mean, you, you, well, could, again, you could potentially get yourself, if you went to 10, you could get yourself in a knackered S5, VA S5. Do you know what? The VA S5. I love the VAS5. Oh, I remember drove one of those when they came out, and it was sprint blue with the. I know you don't like the light level colour, but it was like the silvery awesome. white. You know. <laughs> um, and it, it just drove fantastically. And I looked at them two or three years ago, and they were coming to seven, eight thousand pounds for, for the ones that were a bit high mileage, and then ten would get you a really nice one. 
And I thought, mm, the only thing that put me off, it's the, because it's emissions, it's six or £550 a year to tax. So unfortunately, that was a bit, especially because E92 M3 was coming down and they were sort of about five grand between them. Now, though, yeah, if you want a good SPA. Oh, so you're, uh, let's say you're a 23, 24 year old. Yeah, boy or girl. Yeah, yes. young guy, young girl, yeah. So you've done, if you've passed when you were, passed when you were 17, you've got seven or seven or so years behind you if you've managed to get a seven year no fund. So you're into reasonable, I can buy a reasonable car now where the insurance isn't going to cost me more than my rent. Yeah. Car. You've got a budget of, well, let's, let's say 10 for the sake of it. What are you going to buy? So what I would buy, because I've just managed to find one, and I genuinely mean one. Right, okay, so it's not exactly plentiful. No, no, it, for £10,000 on the nose, there right. is one that's slightly less money, but it's a writer. And it is a Toyota GT86 from 2012 with 85,000 miles on it. If you bought that for £10,000, okay, it's not the fastest. You know, all, no. the, all the hot hatches you've spoken in a straight line would be quicker than that. But... Yeah, but you'll have more fun. You'll have a lot of fun. Yeah. Do you, you remember it's not as old. Some of the cars I've owned that are more than Civic Type R, I've owned two of them. Yeah, I've Civic Type R, I don't forget about that one. Civic Type R, you could get a good Civic Type R under £10,000. You would be looking at something, it would be, a, I mean, depending on whether you want the FN2, the yeah, 7 or whether you potentially want. Potentially a Type R. But again, you've, the things with the second hand market now is everything's in danger of being raxed within an inch of its life by someone because there's so many people that don't care. Yes. Well, I think the problem we have is that those used to be the ones that went got really cheap in the market, yes. and so you knew you could avoid them. But because current car prices, especially for stuff that people are considering modern classics or classics, it's elevated even the absolute worst to the point where you sit there and you think, do I really oh, want to put on there? No, you find me an Astrovietta. Because I, I, I know you, I know you like the Astrovietta sounds. I'm sure some of our listeners are, are throwing up into their into their. Uh, so well, I don't, don't know why. It's a fantastic car. I mean, so, driven the VXR. I, drive, I drive that shape Astra. So we, we, both agree, we both agree that we like Vauxhalls. If I said the VXR range of it, so Monaro, we both like. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Um, Astra VXR, I, we liked the um, sort of 2005 onwards Astra H shape. Yes. The GA. I actually still liked that one. I know it was heavy. I know it was flawed. Okay. That's what well, I'm just talking right, about right. the VXR. So we're only talking about the hot. Oh, of course, the VXR is not bad. Um, Corsa VXR. I've not driven these cars. I mean, one of my wives have driven them. Yeah, driven the Corsa VXR. Great, but if you are someone who just wants to, you don't care what people think. You don't care being called this and that name because people call you a yobo or they call yeah. you. But I think any car hatch can get called that. People see a well, performance uh, car now with a younger person driving it, they automatically assume that you're just well, out in Tesco's car park doing donuts. I should remind Lucy that we, we make ourselves sound younger than we are because we, we, we've forgotten that we've had a lot of birthdays over the last few years well, and, and got older. But yourself, you're the older, you're the older <laughs> one of the two. Uh, just. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you could get, if you wanted an Astra VXR with, what sort of mileage do you want? What would you buy? Well, just what would you buy? If you're of that age and you're spending what is probably 
Oh, it is. It's a significant chunk yeah, of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, if you're 23 years old. You're not going to yeah. want to buy something. I mean, we'll go out there. I mean, I went and bought that Astra with 106 on it. For yeah, the runaround you've got at the minute, yeah. But so I'm not bothered if it burns. Yeah, because you can just walk off. If it. you're spending over six on a car, I mean, I'd still say yeah. now it's... I think, I think you're right. I think, well, I think you'd struggle I had a look the other day, and for anything decent, you were getting into the Arctic to the Nervos. Uh, yeah, I think about £8,000 is where you would have to start looking right, for... That's for a 12-year-old car. That would be for an 09, so that would be 13 years old. Guess. 80, no, no, least. this one is uh, 51,000 miles, okay. although the ones around it, price-wise, are more like 70. So this one, I'm looking at one that maybe stands out a little bit. But yeah, 75,000 miles. Right, so the problem is you're buying a 12-year-old car. So it's not likely that you're going to find many that are under 90,000. And it would have had owners, unfortunately for it, the first owners would have been people who were not like us today, but like us when we were 18, 19, and these yeah. cars were brand new. Yeah. And uh, they would have been driven by people who enjoyed them, fair enough. Yeah. But probably were not as, I mean, mechanically minded we are now. But I can say for sure that the times in. I might dip on my way. Yes, there's some point in the next minute. <laughs> there's certainly remembering to put oil in your vehicle or at least checking occasionally. But I'm sure it blows many up. of the listeners would agree that is how you want to work. And I would say that mechanically, Probably the more mechanically minded of the two is now. Mm. Or mechanically interested. Well, I, think I, I don't know. I, we, we, do you know what? We'll, when we do the YouTube series for this, <laughs> we will test this It'll out. It'll be a lot of you filming me underneath the car yes. removing bolts and changing me and I'm the more mechanical one of the two yes. holding the camera while the other person does the mechanical well, work. Well, I'll be telling you what to do. I'll be saying, do that, Sam. <laughs> yeah, because you've got the camera in one hand and the YouTube video in the other. <laughs> yeah. Which is usually how these things play out. Um, but no, I mean, I think, I'm going completely off on now, I think owning cars that are slightly older, or just buying a shed that you're not bothered about, mm-hmm. it, it helps you learn to be a bit more confident doing things like that in life. Like, it'll, even, it'll bleed into when you own a house, or anything like doing DIY around the house, mm-hmm. or you know, simple things that just going off the shelf or changing part of the sink, or yep. anything like that. Yeah. So I think, whilst it's good, it would be nice to have some availability of a nicer car to work for cheaper. Yeah, it's going. It's circling back around to what you were saying about everything being put into a modern classic bracket. Right. Which anything that's a performance car seems to be put into a modern classic so people can charge more. It even start. I mean, this the one of the things that really stood out for me, and I've told you it's been one of those great regrets that I didn't buy it was Mark II Focus RS. <laughs> uh, in about 2010, I had the opportunity because I worked with a dealer group that had Ford in it. I had a really good opportunity to buy it with a considerable discount. I can't quite remember if it was something like 25% off the list, but we got a really, really good staff discount. And I didn't work for a Ford dealer, but I could, because there was Ford in the group. And I think the RS was 20% or something like that. And I didn't take it because I had other things in my mind about what I wanted to do and buy. And in the end, I moved to Australia for a little while. So, but if I had just bought that car, and I, I was uh, looking on one of the classic sites the other day. Someone bought one of those, had 305 miles on it, performance blue, sold for £55,000. And this isn't one of the limited edition last ones. This was just performance blue 2010. Then I thought, well, I wonder how much used ones are going for. If you want to buy one that's done 120,000 miles and 
looks like someone, well, it has got lightning strikes down the side of it, you're still going to be spending 20 to 22. And, and, and that, I mean, these cars, when they came out, were something like around 26. Uh, Lux Pack 2, I think, took you up to about 27, 28. So it's in fine. I mean, a couple of thousand. And some people who've done less than 120,000 miles, who've done, say, 60,000 miles in the last means, it just boggles the mind. But yes. who decides what, what these cars go into these brackets? Well, I think it's, it's, it's like any like type of sale, isn't an it? ether of, of they, the mystical car gods, that decide classic. And, yes. just, and people just start charging money for them. Or is it just one chance that says, well, it's just really fun. going to list it as modern classic. And yeah. someone reads that and goes, oh, it's modern, modern classic. And then it just snowballs. And, and now we can only buy old broken sheds or an electric car that we have to pay to drive them. I, 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 thought, I, I think you've got a really good point. I'm trying to think about something that I would like that isn't today considered a modern classic. So I would, I'd love to have another Civic Type R and the EP3 shape. I will buy one of those someday, but their prices are just... You know, you should have, everyone should have bought one yesterday if they wanted one. Uh, anything around that age, probably the Megan to Renault Sport 225. I drove, I had the time of my life once taking a Mazda MPS to a customer who had one of those to trade in. And that was the one that looked like it had been reversed into a lamppost backwards, but just on the side. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, um, but that's the problem you'd have to look at. You would have to do great to drive. Uh, I'm no, sure. Oh, it was uh, it was an awful car inside. Because it's awful inside. It's god awful outside. But the, the drive's great. My goodness, man! Whoever in Renault was put in charge of that thing, they need so many awards because it just. I could. You could be doing twenty three miles an hour in traffic and still having fun in that thing. The smile on my face on the way home. That was. So I don't think. Someone probably would call that a modern classic, but I'm not sure it's. In that ether of Focus RSs, um, even even now, if, if you bought a 2018 Civic Type R, I think people will start calling that a modern classic and oh, just course. ramping the price up. Yeah. I, I actually looked at them the other day. If you want one that's two years old, they're about £35,000, which is you know, not I mean, maybe you should put something on the website that you can do a poll or something of what would people buy. Yeah, what would you buy? We'll what come up with a few cars. A nice, decent, We'll do it on the social media. On, yeah. on Instagram, we've got the Miles Driven Instagram. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll it's number three, guys. The bit, well, that's for the Instagram. It's not the first one I've ever I Instagram. think anything that has the Miles Driven and okay. a variation there yeah. on Instagram, YouTube. You'll probably be on TikTok in the next 30 minutes. <laughs> You'll be outside dancing around his car in a, in a tank top. Anything to get attention, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll do it on, on Instagram. And we'll put up on. We'll think of a few cars that you would that would, would aren't in that obvious bracket of you would definitely go to buy. For example, um, RX8 probably for many people is just they don't want, they don't go near it. Well, I mean, I would. I, I think if you have got a hold of yes. an R3, I've had it. So the R3 is the latest, yeah. the late one they did. Tax, tax is horrendous. It's six hundred pounds. Right. It's fuel the, economy is atrocious. Right. It's nineteen miles the, uh, gallon. The weird engine that it's, never took off anywhere else, but it's still held by Mazda as the rotary engine. We'll, we'll start with the Mazda. I've given it away now, but the, the Mazda bashing because I will. I do. Want yeah, to well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end the podcast here, and we're gonna do a part two because yeah. this is our first one. We didn't realise how far we're going to run. No, it's so, probably a good time for me to go and get a cup of tea. It's been thirty-five minutes. I'd say yeah, anyone who knows Sam will know he can't go more than 
Oh, 30 minutes, actually, you've done very well, mate. 30 minutes oh, of that. I say it felt like 45. I was just having a room with you for the last. Yeah, I'm surprised it feel like hours. <laughs> um, so we'll end it there. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And we will continue this, this second podcast for you. And we'll pick up a few of the subjects that we didn't pick up here. And possibly we'll try and think of a few cars that are not obvious modern classics. Yes, we'll do a little bit of research. I will just say that we, will, we are intending to end most of these, well, all of these podcasts with a Sam section, if you like, where I will have, you know, a news story or something I see on the internet car related that's made me laugh. One of them I did have a big whinge planned, which I think is why Miles wants to win the podcast. Yes, he doesn't want me to bash the company that I want to bash. But I will bash it in the next podcast. So uh, yeah, hopefully you can tune in next Telling people you're not going to bash it in the next podcast is a little bit concerning, mate. I think we'll, yeah, well, <laughs> we did say we didn't want to make restriction on the podcast. Some rephrasing <laughs> might be. Uh... But yeah, hopefully you guys can join us next time. Um, I'll let Miles do an outro. I'm sure he's going to have a jingle at some point. We'll have his name and the Miles Driven in it. Well, it will definitely tell. It will just be Miles Driven, go on the website, go on the Instagram. <laughs> With no music, just Miles saying that over and over for 30 seconds. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you on the next one. Cheers, guys.